0: My name is Andrew Gamison and it is my privilege to welcome you to this week's edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I am super excited about what I have to share today because today I will be sharing with you an interview that I did with Chris and Emily Danielson who are my mentors in broadcasting. Chris and Emily brought me into WJQ in August of 2011 to be a morning devotionator on their morning show in Zeeland, Michigan, and it was such a blessing to roll into that studio that day, not knowing what God had in store, but actually to realize that it rekindled my desire to be a broadcaster. From the time that I was seven years old with my Fisher-Price tape recorder all the way through to the time that I went into the JQ studios, my desire to be a broadcaster and to use my mouth to communicate with others has been strong. And I'm so excited to reflect back on almost nine and a half years of podcasting and to thank them for what they poured into me. Chris will allude in the beginning of this interview to how hard he was on me in those early days. And I'm so grateful for that because it's through hard work that you become a success. Well, we will get into that interview in just a brief number of moments. But first, I want to talk to you about what is going on. Now, it was revealed during the Super Bowl that Michelle Tafoya, who was a sideline reporter, was retiring from that job in NBC, and I heard some rumblings about what might be next, but here's what Tucker Carlson had
1: to share. So for a decade, Michelle Tufoya was a highly recognizable reporter for NBC Sports. She covered hundreds of NFL games as a sideline reporter, including five Super Bowls. She worked at multiple Olympics. Doubtless, you've seen some of her interviews over the years. Here's a sampler, including her coverage of the Super Bowl this past Sunday.
2: Aaron, (laughs) obviously emotional.
0: What's the immediate feeling you've
3: got right now? I'm just so happy. I wanted this so bad. I dreamed this, man. I dreamed this, and it's like. It's surreal. Look at this. Michelle Tefoya retiring from sports casting. Michelle, we love you. You have oh. been so much
1: fun. And uh, we'll hear a lot more from her. You and I don't know what the future holds, pal. So that was Sunday. This is Wednesday after nearly 30 years covering sports. Michelle Tefoya has decided to step away from NBC sports. She said she made a decision wholly on her own. She was not forced out. And she's doing it because she wants to be in a role where she can speak openly. There's nothing we're in favor of more than that. We're honored to have Michelle Tafoya join us tonight to explain. Michelle, first of all, congratulations on this new chapter. What an interesting decision that you made. Why did you make it?
2: It's been on my mind for quite a while, Tucker. Thank you for having me. And no, NBC did not encourage this. They did not force this. This has been on my mind. I've been waking up every day with a palpable pull at my gut that... My side, my view, my my middle ground kind of moderate viewpoint is not being represented yeah. to the rest of the world i didn 't feel and um, and so rather than you know just banging it out on Twitter or Instagram every day, I thought i 've got to do something. I have benefited greatly from the American dream, and I feel like for the sake of my kids and because I so love this country. I've got to start giving back.
1: Boy, that is the best possible reason. So people who watch sports, of course, know you and have for many years. You went on The View recently, which is a slightly different venue for you. We have just a short clip, and I want to ask if this had some role in your decision. Here it is
2: my kids in school there is a big big focus on the color of your skin How and my old children, are your children my children are now uh, 16 and 13 okay in but what it's, way? it's been going on since they were in lower school mm-hmm. all right and it is that there are affinity groups on campus for mm-hmm. my, my my son's first best friend was a little african american boy they were inseparable mm-hmm. get to a certain age they start having what's called an affinity group which means you go for lunch and pizza with people who look like you Suddenly, my son wasn't hanging out with him anymore. Why are we even teaching that the color of the skin matters? Because to me, what matters is your character and your values. Yes, but you know, you live in the United States. You know that color of skin has been mattering to people. Can't we change it? That it doesn't. Well, we need white people to step up and do that. But I think that they've been doing that since the Civil War. And I'm not saying it's perfect. No, 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 they haven't.
1: Wow, that was such a such a moderate thing to say, such a sensible thing to say, um, and yet it seemed like such a controversial thing. I thought that was really brave that you said that. What did you think of the reaction?
2: I'm just astonished that we're we're so looking in the rearview mirror and not absorbing the progress that we've made in this country and building on it and recognizing it. Um, You know, I don't think a person like Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg would have had that role 50 years ago. She has that now. I mean, that, uh, you and I know, Tucker, we could come up with a million examples. And it breaks my heart that my kids are being taught that skin color matters. And to me, if you want white people to step up, I was stepping up when I addressed the school and said, why are we having these picnics for families of color? Why are we separating our kids? The world is integrated. Let's continue that and and, and have everyone find out what we all have in common, not just what we have in common with people who look like us.
0: Let me just give a couple thoughts here. First of all, I applaud Michelle Tafoya for taking that stand. Uh, I know that I'm not going to agree with everything that she agrees with, but she seems to be a very principled person And above all, a mom who is concerned about the future of her children in school. So let's take a look at what she said. First of all, she said that we need to be in a place where we are not judging people by the color of their skin. Where we are unified and where we can be together as one people. And I have the privilege right now of being a part of the crew for the show at Master Arts Theater, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And the story in a nutshell is a white woman brings home her black fiancé to her parents' home and they have to grapple with the issues related to their children potentially marrying and starting a family. And you see this grappling from both sides, from the white family side, and then from the black parents side as they're brought into the situation. But to me, the most poignant line in the whole play is when the when Doctor Prentice, the fiance, is arguing with his father, and he said, "We're not going to move forward. There's going to be no progress until your generation lays down and dies because your generation considers your, themselves." colored men, and I consider myself a man. And I think that really typifies where we are as a culture today, that we need to get to the place where we consider each other men and not on the basis of our color. Have we made mistakes uh, with uh, the African-American race? Absolutely, we have. Slavery is a reality in America, and the civil rights movement in the 60s, was necessary. The, the things that we did to black Americans in the name of uh, American patriotism uh, were, were awful. But we've grown from those things, and we've become a better country because of our growth. And the reality is that Whoopi Goldberg was sitting there on The View as a multi-millionaire, Air, who has accomplished so much, and rather than use her platform to encourage her fellow African Americans how they can succeed and become like her, because those are the opportunities that are given in America, she continues to beat the drum that uh, that white supremacy is the rule of law here in the United States, and that is just a wrong. Outlook, and it is very sad and so I applaud Michelle for taking a principled stand. I just wanted to share with you a clip of citizens in the in Ukraine um praising the lord and it's so heartwarming to realize that even though they are going through the great struggles of Russia declaring war on them and moving in on their Country that they're determined to praise God. My prayers are with the people of Ukraine. I pray that God will protect you who are believers in Jesus, and I pray that the war against you will end quickly. The situation is such that the people of Ukraine just want to live independently of Russia, and they have enjoyed their freedom from Russia for a number of years, and now Russia has determined that Ukraine belongs to them, and they are trying to take it by force. But I'm thankful that there are allies rushing to their defense, and again, my prayer is for a swift resolution to this matter, and above all, that no matter what happens, that the name of the Lord will continue to be glorified uh, by the Christians of the region. You know, it's often through hardship and difficulty that we are refined as believers. And so my prayer for the believers of the Ukraine is that they would come out of this stronger than they were before and that they would find God faithful. Our quote of the day comes from 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The reason why I chose this verse as the quote of the day is that a big part of the discussion that I had with Chris and Emily was about apologetics and about the need to stand up for truth in an era where truth is relative. In an era where even the church in many ways fails to stand up for the truth, we need to stand up for the truth. And in order to stand up for the truth, you need to know it. So that's why Paul commands Timothy to study to show yourself approved so that when false teaching comes in, you know what it is and you can respond to it. I am privileged today to be joined by Chris and Emily Danielson. Uh, Anyone who has listened to my podcast for any length of time knows that I credit them for getting me started in this broadcasting thing. And as they will tell you, it is very addicting. Um, But I'm very thankful for both of you guys and the part that you've played in my ministry. So I'm grateful to be able to catch up with you.
4: It's awesome to be here.
5: It really is, and uh, you know, I just think back to when we met, and you had that book out, um, and and just getting to know you, and and the like-mindedness, and the um, just the love that you have for the Lord, and the love that we have for the Lord. It was it was really we were very blessed to have God bring you into our lives. So we've got our
4: dogs running around here, and there's nothing we can do. I am so proud of you with how your enunciation is. And how you are handling the the MC mic? It's 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 a privilege to watch the growth because I remember the first couple times I was hard on you. I, I uh, you know I made you.
3: He's a jerk. You
4: <laughs> <laughs> remember that? I mean, I, I stopped you like four times. I was like, dude, you're going to have to enunciate to do this. I know you want to do this. And, you know, and it's I'm probably not being nice, but you're. And so he actually got teared up one time, and I'm like, you know, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying behind the mic. And then you just took to it and you've been pounding on it for years. And I got your book, Men of Valor, in my yes. office. And yes. when I when I see that, I always think back that, you know, God used you in our life and probably more so than what we, we've been able to be used in yours. But just hearing you enunciate and do this stuff, it's, bit, I don't know. I, I just like watching other broadcasters grow, you yeah. know?
0: Well, I appreciate that. It's interesting because when – when COVID happened, I was still uh, doing my podcast out of the radio station where we met, uh, Joy 99 in Zeland, Michigan. And then I, w- I was, of course, not able to get back into the studio. Thought at the time that it was two weeks to slow the spread, as we all know. And right. so I had three episodes recorded. I was like, well, I can handle a three-week hiatus. And then three weeks came and went and nothing was being changed as far as the lockdowns. And I was like, either I keep this going on my own or it or it drops off. And so I started learning on YouTube how to edit audio. And I did a few shows uh, just with my Audacity recorder. And then from there, I found the Roadcaster Pro Complete Podcaster Studio. And I've had that for about a year and a half. And so I've been doing all of my, editing, and production myself. And so I've grown a lot in the last couple of years. That's yeah. So no, awesome.
4: it, you know, what What sometimes seems like it's hardship, actually God uses for good. Yes. I think there's a sermon series in there. It's <laughs> really interesting
5: because a lot of people do start a podcast, but it's one thing to start a podcast and a whole nother thing to do a podcast ongoing year in year out. Like you have done successfully because there is, a, there's a lot of change involved um, there's a lot of, you know, problem solving and how are you going to do this and how you can do that, that a lot of people don't realize that comes with the territory. And so um, it's good when you see the those people like you who, who they persevere through it all, and they continue on and they and it becomes Really an encouragement to people on, on a on a very consistent basis.
4: Well, I've always said that a lot of people can maybe host a show for a day or two. Right. And and some people might even be able to do it for a week, but do it for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, have something fresh to say, have, have new thoughts, have, have new things all the time. And so uh, that's where, you know, I mean, you're coming up on what? Episode 500 is soon? I thought I saw something out there.
0: Probably. Yeah, yeah, nine weeks away from episode 500. And <laughs> about six months from that will be a uh, 10-year anniversary. So, yeah, it's oh, been wow. a while. Man, I'm
4: feeling older every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I've talked a little bit about what I've been up to the last two years since all this craziness started. But how about uh, you let us know how have you guys weathered the pandemic and what have you been up to?
4: Oh, well, we threw in the towel and moved to Kansas. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought maybe you moved to Kansas because you wanted a free trip to Oz.
4: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's COVID time to spin the globe. Yeah, COVID, see what, yeah. see what
5: we had, when we were in Michigan and, and uh, the Lord just led us to um, Alabama and surprisingly, one of my favorite places that we've ever lived is Alabama. It's really, it's, it's a very different place. And uh, like everything else where there's stereotypes, they're not true. And so it was, it was a really great time, the few years that we spent in Alabama. Well, that is where we were when COVID hit. And man, COVID has changed everything for everybody. It seems to be the jump off point of almost every conversation people have these days but uh chris was in the uh in the film industry and i'll let you talk here in a second because it's really your story but um
4: well, you were there for the ride uh,
5: covid hit and all of a sudden boom nobody is making content nobody's purchasing content nobody wants content we're all just staying home and so it was really a time that god used us to go okay you got our attention we're we're getting focused back on you and your will and your plan because We have great plans, but God's plans are so high above ours. And what is it, God, that you want us to do? Because the filmmaking had dried up. And so that long story short, he led us to um, Abilene, Kansas, small town Abilene, rural middle America. And Chris is pastoring a church. And it's been an amazing ride since we got here.
4: Well, uh, when Bible Idiots kind of had finished its initial run, we're hoping that it's revived now in 2022. But Bible Idiots kind of finished its initial run, and I just wanted to continue to make Christian films and just wanted to spend some time away from Christian, you know, radio broadcasting. And uh, we had had a syndicated show on USA Radio Networks. That was our last gig. We also had an internet radio show before station before that called Real Remnant Radio. And that kind of plateaued and just kind of hung around. And we ended up shutting that down in 2018. But in 2016, I just wanted to, Bible Idiots was out there. I wanted to keep making films. And long story short, my work with the Robertson family from Duck Dynasty, along with some of the other things, I became the president of Red Sky Film Studios. Red Sky, of course, uh, did all the post-production on a movie called Woodlawn. And when I was there, we were in the middle of doing all the production and post-production on a movie called I Can Only Imagine. And the Irwin brothers actually started Red Sky. John Irwin and Stephen Preston were roommates. And so Stephen has worked on War Room and um, Courageous and all, all the Kendrick brothers. And so we got down there to try to work out that. And one thing led to another, and it just – the Red Sky Film Studios or Red Sky Productions became Red Sky something – And a guy named Mike Roman purchased it as some of the partners decided to go on their own way. Like, you know, it it wasn't a conflict thing, but, um, you know, one partner went to work for Sony. The Irwin's hired back another guy. And uh, long story short, I decided to step out with a couple entrepreneurs, uh, an author named Don Keith and a CEO, um, kind of a really up and coming cinematographer named Warren Calloway. And we started a company called Fig Tree Media Group. And we finished our first movie. Our first full-length movie is called Colors of Character. And you can find it wherever you find movies. Just search Colors of Character. It's the story of Steve Skipper. And I was uh, the writer and director of the film. And Steve Skipper is an African-American, grew up in Birmingham, being busted around in the civil rights, became a Crips gang member, and then found Jesus, and then became an artist. And he is one of the his his art paintings hang in every Hall of Fame in the country and even around the world. He it's just you might have saw him on ABC TV when Bobby Bowden, this past football season, he did the commemorative painting of Bobby Bowden for Florida State. So that movie's completed on March 9th. We did the red carpet screening on March 9th, 2020. And on the way home, I told Emily, I said, I really feel like God's saying we should go pastor a church and I want to go to rural America. I just think things are going to get bad. And I wasn't even thinking COVID. And then five days later, uh, the next day I met with the fig tree boys and told them that this might be what I want to do. And, and so when we started applying for churches, we were finalists in three different rural churches and we ended up choosing Abilene, Kansas, and they ended up choosing us. I told them, I said, some pastors hunt, some pastors fish. I like to do broadcasts and make movies on the side. And I said, I've got this podcast called Bible Idiots. We started in, in, uh, in during the COVID time and I'd like to bring it with us. And so here we are. That's kind of the the short version of the story.
0: That is great. I was just thinking about this whole podcast tree of which I am now a part because I started doing the podcast back in 2012 with Adam McNutt Mm -hmm. and, i had hoped
4: I've never intern on the Chris and Emily show, by the way.
0: Yes, and I, I had <laughs> hoped that you guys would start a podcast once you left um, formal broadcast media. And so I was really excited when you guys um, started doing that and, and tried to encourage you guys along the way. And now Adam McNutt and his former radio partner, Cece Labarge, they have their own podcast. So I feel like I'm forming this podcasting tree. Um <laughs> Sort of like the Mike Holmgren coaching tree in the NFL. Yeah,
4: Yeah. that's pretty cool.
0: Well, for those that may not be familiar, can you explain the concept of the Bible idiots?
4: Hmm.
5: Yeah, we can. (laughs) Because it is an interesting concept. People have one of two polar reactions. They either laugh and want to know more or they get offended and we don't want anything to do with that. Um, We don't say
4: idiots in this house.
5: (laughs) And so Bible idiots really came out of the mentality that we're already being called idiots for believing the Bible. And the Bible says that, you know, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to those who are being saved. And so uh, we're called idiots for believing the Bible. We're called irrational. We're called illogical. We're called all these things. And so uh, it came from just the willingness to say, I'll take the hit. If believing the Bible means you're going to think I'm an idiot, I will be an idiot. That's totally fine. And so then the question arises, are we really, truly idiots for believing the Bible? Or would we be idiots not to? And um, so we dig into that question, and we've done that not just in our broadcasts, but also uh, in the film world as well.
4: Well, when we started uh, Bible Idiots, the working title of the movie was "I'm an I, I believe the Bible and am I an idiot?" kind of a question, and it's got shortened to Bible Idiots. And the concept behind it was, as I started getting the moniker Mr. Bible Idiot was if you want to call me that, that's fine. Paul said, I'll be a fool for Christ. I mean, that's the spirit behind it. Mm -hmm. And, and when people hear it, it anchors with them deeply at about 60% of the population. There's about 30% of the population that the minute they hear the term Bible idiots, they're repulsed. They don't want nothing to do with it. You know, like homeschool moms in general don't, rate very high on bible idiots during some of the focus grouping that has I happened was a
3: homeschool mom. i
4: know but that's not my don't
5: insult the homeschool <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> i'm not i'm just saying during some <laughs>
4: focus grouping the homeschool moms thumbs down on the bible idiots brand name 10 right. i did 60 percent 30 percent not 10 percent don't care either way but we tried to merge stand-up comedy and bible apologetics together because most bible apologetic movies at that time documentaries around 2013 14 15 we're boring and we wanted to get people back into the conversation so we wanted to use some reality kind of documentary style some stand-up comedy and then we wanted to go through inspiration uh authority um you know historical accuracy those things that bible idiots does and in 92 minutes plus credits you can get back into the conversation with trusting the Bible word for word and cover to cover. And that was the goal of of the movie. And it's had various stages of success since it was originally released in uh, October of 2015 and then re-released through Virgil Films in 2016. And we just got the rights back and now we're talking about doing maybe something else with it. So when we started the podcast in April of 2020 in the middle of lockdown, we're like, well, our brand since 2008... And this was well known to the people in Grand Rapids, to the people in Holland, Michigan, to the people uh, everywhere, that from 2008 on, our personal brand and our mission statement was, we exist to do broadcasts, live events, and film production to strengthen the Remnant Church for such a time as this. That has not changed, even to this day. I preached today, I preached a message basically on Romans uh, 828. Is that part of the Bible Idiots? You know, Chris and Emily, we exist to do broadcast, live events, film production to strengthen the Remnant Church for such a time as this. Yes. I think being a pastor is very much that. Uh, but being a pastor is so much more than being in broadcasting or doing a film or doing one of those things. But that's why we decided to call the podcast Bible Idiots. And um, we are actually starting to do some changes, because you listen to the Bible Idiots podcast, Andrew, you know there's one thing uh, that's consistent about our, our show, and that's that we're totally inconsistent. And we have been working on trying to find out what is the Chris and Emily show, you know, is it news, is it preaching, is it teaching... What is it going to be? And so is it
5: crispy and angry and raging against the machine? Is it? It could be. That.
4: Is it Emily taking us off off topic for no reason other than just because
5: it's my spiritual gift <laughs> getting people off track? No.
4: So we are going to take the Bible Idiots podcast and we are going to make it just my teaching. Maybe not just me, but just it's a teaching platform. It's going to be a sermon preaching platform. And the Chris and Emily show is going to go to a new new banner probably late spring. But there's a broadcast network that's kind of flirting around with wanting somebody, I'm not going to say who, uh, that would then take the timing of that and uh, would make it hard to do. So we're trying to wait to see God's timing on it. But if nothing happens and there's no real offer for her to do something from our home studio, we're going to relaunch a show called no apology with Chris and Emily. It'll have its all new website. It'll have its own new Podbean distribution and Bible Idiots will remain our teaching platform.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate the way you guys use comedy to then pivot to serious discussions. So I think there's room for both and I'm looking forward to Getting back to the Chris and Emily show, because I know when, when I first listened to that, that you're you're changing the Bible idiots to primarily your teaching, I was a little bit crestfallen, because I got to tell you, when I first discovered you guys, it was because my brother Simon, my younger brother, was listening to the radio, and he said, there's this husband and wife that are now on WJQ doing the morning show, and they're really funny, they also talk about really serious things and so that's when i started listening and then i emailed you and the rest is history but definitely your your comedy has meant a lot to me over the years
4: well we 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 don't want to give up on the chris and emily show brand but uh and we still want to do it we still exist to do it but there's only so much bandwidth and because the bible idiots brand that the term we we just think that that's where we're going the no apology with Chris and Emily, what you're talking about, Andrew, what you want to see, that's coming back someday. I would like to say at the end of April um, or before, but the thing is, is here's here's the problem. We start that, and then in May, Emily gets a, a, a job with a broadcast network, and she now can't do the other show. So then we're on for, what, six six episodes, and we say goodbye, or we, we put it in hiatus again. Well, that's the Bible Idiots podcast journey from... April 2020 all the way through to now, where we've just been inconsistent, not knowing how to do it, what to do. You know, she broke her leg and couldn't walk for like 90 days. You know, if you listen to the show, you knew that. So, I mean, we've had so many ups and downs in the last year and a half, Uh, not just COVID, but just craziness, moving to Kansas, breaking legs stopping the podcast restarting the podcast and did then... i
5: mention our septic system went
4: out <laughs> <laughs> how about the mold behind the shower of the house we bought in?
0: okay that one those didn't make it to the podcast yet so <laughs> these are exclusives to the speaking for him yeah, yeah because there was,
4: there was just too much sadness
0: <laughs> so um can you tell me a little bit about how things are going with your church you pastor Lifehouse Church in Abilene, Kansas, as you mentioned earlier, but talk a little bit about what that's been like.
4: The people are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're no, not. They're not. They're, they're not. The people that we have at our church today are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's
5: been going really great. We actually had a church split.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> I know that sounds weird, um, because when you get... I alienated
4: somebody? <laughs> no. Never heard that there, before. Said no one ever.
5: That wasn't you. Uh, I know, not this here was the thing. Uh, we did, we, seriously, we went through a church split, and a lot of churches do. Um, every church goes through seasons, seasons of growth and seasons of trimming back and seasons of, of joy and everything, and then seasons of conflict and so on. Well, we went through a church split, and it was a small church to begin mm-hmm. with. Uh, but what we're finding is God's faithfulness. Because nobody wants to see that happen, and you, and you think about it, and you're just like you, you don't want to see it happen. You just, ugh, it's so counterintuitive to what you think should be. But um, since that time man it really was a pruning because since that time it has just flourished and i'm not talking about numbers of people who how many people oh, are the coming? numbers are up. Um, i'm talking about just the, the dead wood had to be cut out in order for those live branches to get the sunshine that they needed to really leaf out and spread and grow and that's exactly what happened And God really did it. I mean, it wasn't, you can't point your finger and say, this person did something wrong and therefore yada, 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 yada. When you look back, it's like God was the one who took the pruning shears and and pruned it. And so where we come out of it, um, tired and a little bit beaten up because sin splatters. That's exactly what it does. And we're still feeling negative effects of that split um, because that's just the reality of the world. But when you have your face set toward the glory of God, you see the goodness that comes of it. And you put the physical worldly aspects of everything aside and you end up just being very thankful for what the Lord has done. So
4: this church was just a really cool upcoming church. Built a coffee shop, had the espresso shots, and uh, it's a former car dealership that's been converted into a church, and there's a great core group of people. The previous pastor had some major issues that was causing uh, a lot of people to want to leave the church and did leave the church, so he resigns in lieu of termination, and now they're searching for a new pastor, and that's how I got into the mix. Now they're in the middle of COVID. So right in the middle of COVID during the lockdowns and everything, that's when we did our Zoom calls and then Emily and I masked up and made a trip out to Kansas to see them and meet them and talk to them. And then we moved here in July right in the middle of of, of still the, the, the heat of the pandemic I look at kind of like from March to June and we right at the tail end of that when we knew, you know, we could move around a little bit. I mean, even when we got here in Kansas, people were wearing masks, but not all the time. It's kind of a more of an open state.
5: People here are fiercely independent, and I.
4: It's a cowboy town. Okay, this is is the home of Wild Bill Hickok and Dwight D Eisenhower. That's where we live. Anyway, so when we got here, coming out of COVID, coming all of that, all of that, the the church was was shaky to begin with. As far as like some people were already thinking of leaving. Oh, we'll give the new pastor a try. And so we had that first year of, um, you know. Just transition. Sorting through the wheat and the chaff, who's grafted in, who's, you know. know yeah. one another. And there's a couple people that left that I'm really sad that they did, but there's most of them, it's like they, they need to move on to a new thing. And then the new people that are coming, we have a motto at our church called Love God, Love Others, Be the Church. We're really starting to see that flourish. We're starting to see people that God has called to do things, kind of like open up like a flower. There's our dog, by the way. One of them. <laughs> She's just joining us.
5: Don't like me Ruby I enjoy Ruby.
4: the photos of their
0: adventures on
4: Facebook. Oh yeah so you guys yeah I forget who knows it and who doesn't okay. but, you have to get that.
3: but anyway so
4: overall <laughs> Lifehouse Church is spectacular and you know we we, we just know that like I, I put it to you like this there I think that there are chefs that are in the pulpit and what they prepare is spiritual food. And so some of the best spiritual food deliverers on Sunday, um, like there's a friend of mine named Jay Johnson. I think he's probably the best chef in the tri-state area here. He serves great spiritual food to his people every day, every Sunday. If you are called to be in my church, and you're going to Jay's church, you're not going to grow as much even with that great chef. So you need to go where God calls you. And then when you plant in that, you've got to stick it out. Because there's not a church in the country that's not going to authentic church now real believers that are being sanctified in the Lord that are not going to go through some stuff with just how selfish and how self-centered the whole world has become, including in most of the visible church. And so I just would really encourage anybody listening that if you're in your church and it's getting a little rocky, stick it out unless you know God's calling you somewhere, then appropriately go on to that next place. No harm, no foul. But overall, long story to get to the fact, uh, things are going spectacular for us. I mean, we just, we're just really blessed. Emily's walking again.
5: I'm walking. That's the number one thing. When I get yeah. real discouraged, I just remember I'm walking. Yeah. Because <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a for sure thing a year ago. So I, I,
0: I've heard <laughs> that walking is pretty awesome. I plan to do that someday.
5: Uh, well, and hey, you will. You hey, will. You
4: know, you you posted something about how when you get up out of that wheelchair and uh, when you meet Jesus, it's going to be a big deal. I hope I get privileged enough to be able to be there to see that.
0: It's going to be awesome. That's for
1: sure. Yeah, Yeah,
4: but Emily shattered her leg in so many places that there was a real, real danger that 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 was going to happen to her, you know, so, but yeah, look who I'm talking to. I get you.
0: So you've talked a little bit about your last film um, that you completed with Fig Tree Media Group. Um, Do you have any other media projects that you are anticipating that you can talk about?
4: Sure. Um, I've got three scripts right now that are done that I co-wrote with uh, a couple different guys. Um, one of them is called Burden Stone that Emily and I and, and a guy named Bill Ray actually wrote. And it's about the walk on the Camino de Santiago, which Emily and I did over in Spain in 2016. And what it is, is you carry this rock with you that is considered your burdens. And the Catholics believe that when you get to a place of Cruz de, called Cruz de Ferro, which is the place of the Iron Cross, a place of great significance that you lay down your uh, rock and that you ask God to use the weight of the Camino, the weight of your pilgrimage and the weight of that rock to weigh your good deeds on the day that he weighs good versus evil in your life. And we carried, I carried a rock that said, Jesus paid it all. So there is not going to be, he's already paid it all. So I had a chance to witness and testify and just journal about 21 different people, me and a guy named Bill Ray. And Emily, we co-wrote this script called Burdenstone, because that's what it's called. It's called Carrying Your Burdenstone. And that actually, Andrew won the 2017 International Film Screenwriters Grand Prize. It was, we got writer credits in Hollywood now or something. So that's a project I would love to be a part of if it ever gets picked up. We've been close on having that thing picked up like three different times. Another thing that COVID killed that may never uh, rebound another script that we wrote is the life story of earl smith and a lot of people don't know about earl smith but um earl actually diffused two live nuclear bombs that went down in a broken arrow event in 1961 it was classified for 50 years and just got unclassified and there's so much to that story it's just one of the most incredible stories and we finished that script about a year ago and that's been out there shopping on the documentary front um we would like to do a discipleship type documentary, like the way Bible Idiots is apologetic. I'd like to do one about discipleship and actually talk about the authenticness of the different rhythms of discipleship and how we can disciple each other. How much we've discipled you on the front end, and then how you've had to disciple us on the back end. You know, I mean it's 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 kind of a a really cool thing, and we'd like to do that from the prairie lands, and then I'd like to do another comedy documentary. I'd like to do a documentary about stand-up, clean stand-up comedy, and what that means to the Christian community to be able to laugh. Both of those have distribution behind them. They have a prospectus that's being pitched right now. And guess what? No money. <laughs> no production budget as of yet. We still need investors to come along or a studio to pick it up. And again, I'm, I'm happy Patrick in the church, so we're just going to kind of roll along and see what happens. Yep.
0: Well, that's the thing about content creators. We're always trying to figure out what the next great piece of content uh, that we come up with is. I had the privilege, another blessing that the pandemic brought me was the ability to convert the Pilgrim's Progress into a multi-voice readers theater because all of my local community theater friends were not able to get on stage, so I asked them to join me to do a zoom reading of the entire book of the pilgrim's progress wow. but, i didn't no, know that
1: nice. i
4: didn't so, even know you were doing that
0: i released that as a 10-part episode of my podcast this past year in okay. early 2021 and it turned out really well yeah. um i'd like You're
4: to do, a lot of touch i am
0: i'd <laughs> like to do more of that but people are much more busy now with yeah. being yeah. able to get out of their houses so so <laughs> that was just a key time in in history, I suppose. And another thing where God made a blessing out of what seemed like a horrible time because
5: exactly
0: when I was in my, when I was going through it and I was in my house for 86 straight days from Friday, March 13th, 2020 to, uh, uh, June 26th, 2020 or 28th, whatever that was every morning, I just had to get up and keep telling myself, uh, be still and know that I am God because If you had told me that I was going to be 86 days in my house, I would have told you you were crazy because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. But if you take it day by day, it's much easier. Exactly. And that,
4: my friend, is easier said than actually done. Yep.
0: It's definitely different talking about it, having the practical experience, than talking
4: about it beforehand.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
4: Hey, I did this. Let me tell you how bad it was. Let me tell you how, <laughs> tell you how good it came out. Yeah. That's much better than trying to talk about Bible people doing stuff. And we should all have that same, you know, it doesn't work like that. All right. time.
0: But my last, I'll never forget it though, because my last day of work at the school that year was Friday, March 13th. So Friday the 13th, 2020, we'll live in infamy.
5: Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. And things just seem to get crazy and crazier as, as the days go on. And now, um, especially now everybody's eyes are kind of turning toward Ukraine. Uh, while the Ukraine is facing their battles, Israel is, is, being attacked by, I can't even remember what country it is. I Was it Iran? Iran. Iran has lobbed a few things. They've lobbed doing. a few things and so on. And, you know, there's the times are so uncertain and it's so easy for it, fear, discouragement, isolation, things like that, to just mount inside a person. But when we know the Lord and we know that that's our source and we can go to him, he has a plan. To navigate us through these circumstances so that no matter what it is, if it's, um, you know, you're in the Ukraine now and you're, you're picking up arms or, or Andrew, you and I talking about being just the ability to walk. Maybe you have it. Maybe you don't, but you're going through these, um, mind altering difficulties. But in the midst of it, when the Lord is with us, we can find blessing. You know, there's video of these people, uh, gathering together in the Ukraine and they're singing praises to Jesus. They, they have smiles on their faces and they have guns in their hands. They're preparing to go, you know, and, and Andrew, you, you talk about, you know, the struggle of, of just not being able to get out of the house during that COVID time is different for you than it is for somebody else who can just pick up and go at any moment that they want to. Um, But you can have that joy. You can have that peace, even when it seems like extraordinarily difficult situations when you know God, when you know, he is with you and he will help you navigate physically, spiritually, emotionally, through all those trials and all those obstacles.
0: Absolutely. And I think that one of the biggest lessons you learn is that peace, uh, we know this from from what it says in the Bible, but one of the things you learn through these trying times is that peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is going through the trouble and saying, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And as I've described with the podcast, the podcast is actually thriving. I think it's better than it ever was yeah. In the studio. But if you had asked, if they had asked me, you know, three years in to go home and do it, I wouldn't have been ready. But yeah. when I was ready, God pushed me out of my security blanket of the studio and said, okay, now you do this. I know you can. And right. I just felt like. God was pushing me along and I had plenty of time. It was like, what was I going to do if I didn't do that? <laughs> I just sit and twiddle my thumbs. And that wasn't what God wanted me to do. So, so uh, Chris and Emily, either one or both of you can answer this question, but is there a Bible verse that is particularly encouraging you right now as you're going through these different facets of ministry?
4: Well, one of our last years in Michigan, we started doing a thing uh, on New Year's Eve and we started creating a little bullet list of prayers for the net for the coming year and we carried that all the way through to the four years we were in alabama we carried it here to kansas and so um what i'm talking about is praying for specific things and for specific people and then watching god do that and we used to write them on little three by five cards and hang them in our in our mirror you know i mean we don't have kids at home anymore it's just her and i so when you hang something up, it can actually stay there. You know, it's like when you put a box of Ho-Ho's in the freezer, (laughs) they're there when you get home the next day. It's, it's like a miracle. And so this year we have five specific things we're praying for. and One of them includes clarity on the podcast and growth, growth on our podcast. So there's a lot of hope that no apology with Chris and Emily will be coming back to a podcast near you. So that's one of the things we're praying about, but we always try to attach a scripture. And this year, uh, we, and Emily made these beautiful little cards now. They're not even handwritten through our five. This year, there's like these beautiful cards that we got taped up in uh, a couple of different places to remind us to pray every day. But we attached a very specific scripture to our bullet points this year. And it's Psalm 91 and it's verses uh, one, uh, one through five. And I'll just share it with you. It says, the one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, he himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrows that fly by day. That's our Bible verse for 2022.
0: And an interesting fact about that Bible verse, which is very encouraging to me as well. But one one fact I like to remember about that Bible verse is that Jimmy Stewart, uh, yes, the famous actor Jimmy Stewart, would often recite Psalm 91 when he flew uh, combat missions in World War II. And he was so different from other uh, Hollywood celebrities today because he said um, I want to go and fight. And his agent said, well, I can get you out of this because you're an actor. And he said, I have an obligation to go. And he actually gained weight to go into the military because he was too small when he first went to enlist. Um, and he's actually the highest ranked uh, Hollywood celebrity ever, as far as military service.
5: Wow. I
4: yeah, didn't know that. And, and some of the times when he would fly these extra battle missions, he didn't have to. It's like you might know because you obviously have the history, but I I know a little bit about what you're talking about. It's hypothetically he was supposed to fly like 20 missions. He ended up flying like 100 because he volunteered for the other 80 or something like that. A uh, lot a lot of lot of people don't know that, but I'm, I, it's really cool. I never knew he quoted Psalm 91 before he flew because that makes it makes a lot different.
5: Yeah, it totally does. And I don't necessarily, you know, what's really interesting is. I would say in the last year, as I read through scriptures, they are way more, um, alive than they ever have been. Like, for instance, uh, one verse, this is not my life verse, but it's, it's that verse where it says that evil will be on the hearts of men constantly, continually. And I remember reading that verse, you know, years ago, thinking, well, how is that possible? I mean, you know, you get up in the morning and you think, well, I'm going to hug my kids before they go to school. Or, you know, you have these nice thoughts and you just think, you know, how could people be completely void of that stuff? And as I'm reading verses like that today in 2022, I can see it from here. And so the verses that I would read years ago that just seem so over the top and kind of obscure and And almost like, is this just hyperbole or what? They're becoming very, very, very real. And so like those negative things or those bad things, those promises of God are becoming very, very real. Those encouragements from the spirit are becoming very, very real as well. And so I just can't stress enough And, and, and it doesn't necessarily hit me like when I'm listening to something or going to church or but when i'm sitting reading god's word at it's at at face value for my own self and i'm all alone those words are really now more than ever popping off the page and meaning things more deeply than they ever have before and i'm seeing them unfold in in reality around me more than ever so it's just stressing the importance to people of be in that word because if you are not in God's word and we may not always have that accessible to us that can be taken away as well having it written on your heart so that when those verses come to mind you know them when they come to mind you that's how you're going to navigate this world that's how God's going to lead you is through the words that he has spoken, they're going to become very, very real and very, very needed in order to navigate this fallen world.
0: And sadly, that's the case even within the church, especially today. I know, Chris, you often refer to it as the remnant church uh, versus the how do you put it? The known church or the visible
4: church or yeah, the visible
0: church versus the remnant church. I actually did a 10, uh, 10 to 12 part series. I'm, I'm blanking on how exactly many episodes I did, but I found this. Get over eight,
4: your mind blanks out. Andrew, that. <laughs> I,
0: I found this uh, video about that was like 12 problems with Joel Osteen, and so I went through, I took an episode to dive into each individual problem because they are heresies that creep into the church. This this man is someone that people think preaches the word of God, mm-hmm. but he says things that are very contrary to the word of God. And when I when I started the series, I said my my goal here is not to simply bash Joel Osteen, but That's each right. of these things that I'm talking about are things that are departures from the Word of God. So not only do we need to read the word of God uh, because it encourages us and bolsters us for what's ahead. But we also need to know what it says because so many people try to make it say what it doesn't say.
5: Exactly. And the truth is what's going to change lives, encourage others. and the, Like we can try to do that in our own strength and it with our own lovely words and so on, but that, that the word of God, it is a sword that just cuts through everything and can, get to the heart of whatever somebody's going through and really, um, you know, the the truth then can penetrate. So knowing the word is so important.
0: Well, it's been super great to visit with you guys again. And uh, if we ever, if I ever get to Kansas or you come back here to West Michigan, it'd be great to visit in person. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts uh, for the listener before we sign off?
4: I would just say, don't ever talk about how your wife can walk again to your buddy who's stuck in a wheelchair. That's low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's lowbrow. <laughs> oh, that
0: was that was pretty good. You know, I, I that no, was pretty, no, very, dude, very well done. Um,
4: you know, she. I, I would compare it to your enunciation when you first started doing this. God called you this. You, you struggled for a while. You got better and better and better. But you had to work at it. So that's what she's had to do. Right. And that's what I meant by that comment. So please forgive no, me. If I no,
0: absolutely. Know. Absolutely. I, and I think that's something that our culture needs to know, right? Just because something's hard does not mean it's not worth it.
1: You right. know, a lot of times when
0: yeah. people are preparing to get married or, or they're preparing to be mothers, they... People say all these bad things about wait until they get to be this age or wait until it gets this bad. And and the implication becomes, whether you meant it to be or not, the implication becomes, if it's hard work, it's not worth it. Right, And that has permeated our whole culture, and it's very sad.
5: Yeah, yeah, it really is, because God allows things to come into our life that are difficult and hard to grow us. I mean, there's a reason Jesus was called the man of sorrows. Hello. I mean, we learned, he says he learned obedience through suffering. If Christ, our savior learned obedience through suffering, how are we supposed to be exempt? You know, and, and just with, when you're faced with the reality that, yeah, you may not just walk like you have been walking for the last 50 years, Um, you start thinking things in a very different way. And the end result, like for Chris and I is, we have so because we've we've tasted a little bit of what some of other people have have had to go through, that our compassion grows, our empathy grows, our You you know, and and real and being able to understand other people where they are, it grows. And so, when we go through those trials and tribulations and difficulties, we don't have to meet them with rejection and disappointment. We can meet them with the expectation that God is going to teach us something, and He's going to grow us in a way that we will actually be more Christ-like.
4: And for the answer your question on the prayer request, just pray that God gives us clarity and strength to continue with our calling, which is broadcast, live events, and film production. And the live events for us now is wrapped up completely in our church. Um, there's talk about doing more conference speaking and other things. You know, again, I I don't know. It's, it's in God's hands. Um, I don't know. That's going
0: to
5: be what we say yeah. when we meet the Lord. I, I don't know what we we're
0: doing.
3: <laughs> we, we tried. <laughs> you know.
0: Well, there's so many contingencies, right? Because everywhere you go has different regulations, different expectations. So it's really hard to... Plan something. There's another podcaster that I listen to, Jen Fulweiler, and she's a a conservative comedian. And she, right before the pandemic, decided to leave her radio gig um, and pursue uh, comedy full-time. And then uh, pandemic hits, and she's like, what am I going to do? So she started a podcast, as so many other people did. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. doing so that and she's starting to get back into comedy but it's like but it's you know she's like she was learning lessons like that too like did I do the wrong thing because I really felt like God was telling me to do this and then everything shut down
5: right right Yep. Yeah, yeah it doesn't always make sense but God isn't pragmatic where it's like oh things are going good so that means God's happy for me uh, things are going hard and difficult. That means I must have made God mad. I mean, that that's just not. Or I made a mistake and didn't
4: didn't choose right. And
5: right. Yeah. I mean,
4: some things are so benign like that. I mean, there's certain things that you know is outside of God's will that people decide to do and they try to wedge it into God's will. <laughs> but like what your friend Jen there is, is going through. I mean, that's just part of it. That's just part of feeling God lead you to something that's a dead end uh, in our life, in our view. But like Romans 8.28, he's working it all out for good for the purposes, for the glory of God. It doesn't say he's working it all out for good so that we have a better life in America in 2022. It means that he's working it all out for good for those who love him. That's the key. It's just for those who love him. So it might not look good on the American dream scale, but in God's economy for his glory, makes tons of sense to God and it'll all make sense to us on the other side.
0: Oh, absolutely. So as we wrap up, What's the best way that people can follow what's going on with Chris and Emily Danielson?
4: Uh, Right now, go to BibleIdiots.com is one. But another way to do it, if you wanted to follow along with the church work and, um, you know, particularly the sermons would go to wherever you get apps. Go to your app store, go to the Google Play Store and search LifeHouse Church Kansas. And we'll keep you posted on that. Um, Again, No Apology with Chris and Emily is a show that's in concept. Um, But again, like we were just talking about, I mean, there's a million podcasts right now. You know, I mean, there. I just don't feel like the world is jonesing for another one. But there are enough folks like you, Andrew, and that this is what warms my heart that would appreciate us getting on the microphones once a week and doing the Chris and Emily style show again. And that's why we're probably going to end up doing it unless uh, another network comes along and takes her away from us.
5: And uh No, that'll be
4: Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'll she'll tie up the home studio six hours a day. We're not gonna get another podcast in.
0: Is that like the people who say that they're dating Jesus when they just don't want to have anything to do with him? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus? Jesus is my boyfriend. Yeah, you just described what's
4: exactly wrong with the Christian music industry. Every <laughs> Every song is Jesus is my boyfriend. You know, amazing grace, my chains are gone. Jesus is my boyfriend. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry.
0: Well, it was great to, to be with you guys for this interview and great to end on a comedic note. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh, look forward to sharing this with my listeners. I just want to say a quick thank you again to Chris and Emily Danielson for taking the time to sit down with me and discuss what they are doing in ministry and how God has shown himself faithful over the past couple of years. It truly was an enjoyable conversation, and I hope you, my listener, has enjoyed it as well. If you want to follow along with Chris and Emily and see what is next for them on their ministerial adventures, you may find them at BibleIdiots.com. And just continue to pray that God will open the doors that no man can shut so that they can continue to serve their King through their various ministries, whether it be at Lifehouse Church or through whatever broadcast avenues God gives them. I'm super grateful to have them as co laborers on this journey that we call the Christian life. And if you have been benefited by this conversation, Please share this episode with your family and friends. That's how people find out about speaking for him. That's about all I have time for this week, but I just want to encourage you to have a great week and keep serving the best of masters.